0: Welcome to this CMS Audio Mission Prayer Focus for March 2013. I'm Mike Stranks and I'm here to introduce two people associated with CMS and to hear with you what they'd like us to be praying for. This month we're focusing on Asia. As you're aware, some of CMS's mission partners work in sensitive situations and we have to be discreet about who they are and where they serve. Locations are vague and names are changed. So let me introduce Mary, not her real name of course, who's been looking forward to returning to part of the world where she served before. Mary has had a long and varied career, serving as a nurse trainer and administrator in many locations. When she met Jeremy Woodham, he commented that the place to which she's going has a reputation for turbulence and violence.
1: Yes, there's always the potential for that. Um, When I was there previously, we had to spend many, many nights in um, a horrible basement, I have to say, of the guest house where we were staying. And that was for many hours at a time, without electricity often, just with flashlights. However, um, the personnel director who... Um, interviewed me a couple of months ago assures me that it isn't quite so scary now and that um, it's often curfews, say from about seven or eight at night for 12 hours. Um, This group with whom I'm going have been there for 46 years. So they have a lot of security principles and experience nailed down. So I will certainly not take any risks. If they tell me not to go anywhere, then I won't. And then, of course, um, people will be praying for me and I'm sure God will protect me. Actually, my brothers say that every time I go for another term overseas, God gives me two more um, guardian angels because I've worn out the last two at the last place I've been.
2: What particularly are you looking forward to?
1: well. I think it'd be absolutely fabulous if I could meet up with the three with whom I worked um, when I was there 16 years ago. Um, I know that's a long time ago, but um, I really remember them with great affection. And the women are just brilliant. They're so unselfish. I know that they would give their last mouthful of bread to their kids um, if they were in that situation. So I'm looking forward to um, making new friendships with them. And I think that the fresh air, in the wintertime anyway, is just delightful. I always feel a little more stimulated.
2: What is it that is taking you back there, really? What's, what's inspiring you about the work that's going on there? Um,
1: I asked the Lord if maybe for my final term overseas, I could go somewhere where there was more overt poverty. But I really wanted to go back and to be able to minister to people who are vulnerable um, economically and also physically, perhaps, and I think I'll have an opportunity of doing that when I go back. I know I have a desk job, per se, but then I can get involved with people in my after hours. So I think it's relationships that really pull me more than anything. I prayed for 20 months for knowing where I would go for this last term, and um, CMS did offer me three other Southeast Asian countries um, And I did pray about it, but it didn't seem quite right. But as soon as I got this Facebook invitation, I thought, yes, I'd love to do that.
2: As you're looking back over that incredible lifetime of work in Mm -hmm. so many different places, are there any key things that you've learned that you'll be taking with you?
1: Hmm. Well, that's a very good question. Um, I think that my prayer, since I've been 16 years of age, has been for God's wisdom. in all that I do. And God has really answered that prayer in sometimes unusual ways. I can think of a time in nursing administration when I was in Bhutan at a government hospital, and there was a situation I just did not know what to do as the acting nursing director. So I remember committing it to the Lord and praying about it before I went to bed. And in the middle of the night, I woke up And there was an answer, literally, on my lips. And the next morning, I put it into action. And I think it was nearly two years later, I discovered that that was exactly the right solution because of all the domino effects of it. And I was able to give God the praise for that. I think um, I have a quiet time every morning. I read my Bible, and I pray and commit the day into the Lord's hands. And also, I have little short prayers throughout the day. But I find it very important at night to pause and to reflect back over the day and to specifically thank the lord for the ways in which he's answered my prayers and i think it's very important that we don't miss opportunities to thank him and i think that increases our trust and our faith in him
2: now there's probably a question in people's minds and certainly would be put across by by some people christians going to work is, it, mm-hmm. is it just secretly to try and proselytize and and convert people to Christianity, basically. You know, mm-hmm. you say you're going to serve there, and, the, and so on. Yes. What, what do you say to that?
1: I say that faith is a very important aspect for everybody, and we should respect however other people believe. But I think that when you have a friendship, a relationship that comes into friendship, then you can sit down and dialogue and just explore, you know, what do you believe? And and then uh, perhaps you have an opportunity of sharing what I believe and sometimes I don't. But the main thing is that um, we will reflect the qualities of God in our lifestyle and in our actions and responses to people that they will be attracted to Him.
0: Let's give thanks for Mary, for her faithful service over many years, for the way that God has guided and protected her, and for her confidence in him. Let's pray specifically that she'll be able to make a good contribution in her new sphere of service, and that she'll know God's peace and protection.
2: Audio mission.
0: Last month we heard from Joe Hazleton, a member of the CMS staff who was recently back from a trip to Paraguay. And this month it's the turn of Debbie James, CMS's discipleship team leader, who's just visited India for a Faith to Share consultation on deep discipleship. Debbie explained to me who was there.
3: This consultation was a gathering of just over 40 Christians from uh, North India, uh, Bangladesh, Bhutan and Nepal. So a real opportunity to learn from those different cultures and contexts.
0: Was it your first time in India?
3: Yes, it was my first time in India. So it was a real privilege, something i have been looking forward to for some time, especially as I've sent many teams to India, Um, over the past years with CMS.
0: And what were your impressions of, of India as a country?
3: I was struck by how huge India is and how diverse. It's very hard to sum up India in a sentence because it's so different. I had a taste of the northeast, which was totally different from the city I visited in the south. Um, So perhaps to share some of my reflections on the northeast of India. I first flew into Delhi, big international airport, very well operated. And then I flew to a small little airport in the northeast and entered a very different way of life, a very simple, rural, quite striking, quite a beautiful scenic place. I travelled through the foothills of the Himalayas. It was a very sort of mountainous, hilly, undulating area covered in tea gardens. So beautiful, lush greenery. We saw tea pickers. um, And I guess there was the beauty um, and the simplicity on the one side. And yet I was struck by, I think, quite the harsh reality of life for people as well. The tea pickers were, I was informed, were picking about 23 kilos of tea leaves a day, which would have earned them a the equivalent to about a pound. And that sort of reminded me of global inequalities. People were also, you know, living without necessarily access to running water. Some had that, some didn't. And the same with electricity. Some had it, some didn't. So there were signs of globalisation everywhere, but still a sense that the fast growing cities like Delhi and Mumbai are not typical of all of India. There's a very different India as well.
0: So the people at the consultation, were they working in all sorts of different situations or would they be mainly working in simple rural situations or was it a huge range?
3: It was quite a range. I mean, there were a few who were from the area I was visiting, so from that much more rural um, way of life, and others from larger cities. And interestingly, others as well who were training and equipping people in the city to go and engage in mission in very rural areas. So that presented interesting challenges for them.
0: Who were the people that made a real impact on you?
3: I was really inspired by a number of people that I met. There were several um, Christians I met both in the Northeast and when I travelled further south, engaging in what we might call social and ethical enterprise. So, using business in very creative ways to serve um, the greater good of the community. Um, one gentleman was sharing how he. Was running a garage and you know employing labour labourers on an ethical working basis. They were doing you know quite ordinary work in many ways, but through the way that they worked, the service they offered, the fees that they charged, you know they were really modelling something different from the norm, the status quo, to um, the wider culture. And I met a lady as well. Um, who had set up a a project that was working to empower young adults with disabilities and again it was moving into a social and ethical enterprise in the sense that they were learning skills and earning income through producing their own goods um, and using services whether that be typing or accounting So they were being equipped for life and earning at the same time. And that was very inspiring to see those initiatives beginning. It's not to say that they're widespread, but there are seeds of those things happening. Uh, Another example is uh, meeting with Christians who I felt were doing particularly pioneering work, um, especially amongst uh, different faith groups. So for example, I met someone who was uh, engaging in mission in the Sikh community, and when I was sort of exploring, well, what does church look like for for people who've converted to Christianity? You know, do they enter a a traditional church building as we would be used to here in the UK? Do they sing from mission praise, songs of fellowship, traditional hymns, as actually happens in a number of Indian um, churches? And he said, no, it's, it wouldn't look like that at all. People wouldn't sit in rows in chairs. And when it came to communion, for example, um, the, the bread that they would be partaking from would be chapati and they would be drinking wine from the palms of their hands. So I found that that was very interesting. Um, The men were not expected to surrender wearing their turbans, and there was a real sense of placing value on people's culture and context, the fact that Christ can meet us in our culture and context, and we can be transformed within that. We don't need to leave it.
0: That sounds as though you were really inspired and excited by seeing that.
3: I was indeed. I think we've got much to learn about how we engage in um, cross-cultural mission and contextual mission right here in the UK. Um, You know, 21st century culture, rapidly changing technology, globalisation. How do we be relevant and understood and authentic in this rapidly changing world?
0: So what do you think we should be praying for, for the people that you met?
3: It would be great if people could pray for our co-mission partners in Nepal. Um, I met Suman um, at the Faith to Share Discipleship Consultation who is involved in training uh, missionaries in Nepal in the cities for work in very rural contexts. And he would really value prayer for that, for the training, for recruiting new members who would be committed to serving in those, in those places. And also he would value prayer for he and his wife who are assessing their own future and wondering whether the Lord is calling them to another place. So prayer for their future. It would be really good to pray for all those who are present at the discipleship consultation as they reflect on what was learnt and what was shared and seek to apply that learning in their own contexts. It would also be great to give prayer to the work of Faith to Share as they organise um, future consultations. And the, the vision is that a working group will come out of these series of consultations that will continue to inspire and equip those who disciple others around the world.
0: Debbie James with some prayer requests coming out of her recent trip to India.
3: Audio mission.
0: Our reflection this month is brought to us by Stuart Blackman, CMS's direct marketing team manager.
2: Mary is returning for her final tour. She speaks of her previous time spending many hours during each day in the heat of a basement hiding. She hears things are now improved and looks forward to breathing the beautiful, crisp winter air in the sunshine. How amazing. Mary's journey with the Lord really struck me as she described two key elements of her faith that we can all learn from. Firstly, that since a child, she has sought God in all her important decisions, often receiving answers during the night As the psalmist says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Secondly, her persistence in waiting on God. Most recently, for 20 months, seeking where to make her last mission tour. Mary goes out with confidence in the experience within her team. And this makes me think of Jesus who leads us with all experience. Mary's strength comes from knowing people will be praying for her and that God will protect her. This is what the writer to the Hebrews describes in chapter 11, where faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Debbie spoke of joining 40 Christians from across northern India and learning how faith is being shared in different cultures and contexts. She was struck by the diversity of life, and the imbalances between globalisation in the cities and the simplicity of rural life, which is often beautiful in its setting, but harsh in its reality. Debbie also talked about the local Christians who are sharing their faith through their work ethic, treating their staff and customers fairly, something that is standing out as model behaviour, which people discover is Christianity at work. And finally, she saw church in a different culture and context. For example, where Sikhs who have become Christians celebrate communion with chapati and wine drunk from the palm of the hand. This is a very powerful reminder that Christ meets all people where they are in their own culture and context. So Lord help us this and every day not to be afraid to share you with others, to meet people where they are as you did and as you do, to have the courage to cross cultural and contextual boundaries and come alongside others. And we thank you for and ask for your protection over all your beloved CMS mission partners who are seeking
0: to do this for you each and every day. Amen. And that reflection from Stuart Blackman concludes this CMS Audio Mission Prayer Focus for March 2013. Thanks for joining me and thanks especially for your continued prayers for CMS, its staff and its mission partners and associates. I'm Mike Stranks and I'll be with you again next month with another CMS Audio Mission Prayer Focus.